Hey everybody, welcome to another segment of Tony's show and tonight, tonight we're going to be using the F word. No, we're not going to be using the Canadian version. Well, we might a little bit, but the F word we're going to be using tonight is the new F word. Fake. Fake, fake, fake. Everything is a fake. Fraud, fickle, effed up, eftarded, fake. And I'm going to start off tonight talking about America. America. Land of the free. Home of the brave. <laughs> it's more like land of the slave. Ruled by the depraved. <laughs> because that's the, the reality of America. Now you got some governors there that still have some moxie to them. And that do give a shit about Americans. Very few. Very few. But for the most part... You got a depraved system that's enslaving the whole whole country. Now I was watching something tonight about Haitians at a border point in the United States that was that were supposed to have been sent back to Haiti, but the president of the United States decided against it. So now you have a military contingency there, or or, or uh, police office, uh, police policing there. Having water and supplies waiting for these Haitians to come across. And I'm thinking, well, what do you know? An invasion force. But what got me, what got me in all of this, was the announcer was saying that there were 10,503 Haitians there. 10,503. Not 10,500. Not 10,000. 10,503. I think, well, what do you know? How would they be that precise? Sounds, because it sounds more, you know, got moxie there. 10,503 Haitians are now going to cross into the American border. And then the guy goes on and says, there two days ago, three days ago, there were 700 people there at the border. And then as soon as they got word from Mr. President... They decided that they were going to call everybody and their mother to come down to the... Come on down. There's going to be a party going on. We are going to America. We're going to invade the country and spread our disease. I mean, we're going to have an opportunity to move into America. Now, I want Americans as a whole, don't feel bad. You know, we in Canada understand the bullshit. We really do because we go through the same thing. The only difference between Canada and the United States is where we get our refugees from. Where we get our imports. Where we get our new slaves. This is what, that's what the Haitians have become. They've now become slaves to the, to the corporate state called corporate America. In Canada, we go down to the Caribbean. We go down to Africa. We go down to different parts of India, different parts, different parts of the world where they have people there that nobody wants, nobody cares, and they are allowed free passage to come to Canada. They don't even have to speak any of the languages. They can come right in. Don't even have to get jabbed. And on top of that, the government will give them a government job, even though they don't know how to speak French or English. Put them in a government 
you know, customer service where you call up to get help for the, for the government agency, you can't make out what the bloody hell they're saying, so you get frustrated and so you hang up. So we have a similar problem in Canada. It's an open door policy. You can come on in, sit down, we will give you whatever you need, money, house, car, clothes, and a job. Welcome to Canada, eh? <laughs> Canada, oh Canada. <laughs> and we're just as the same. We're, you know, we are slaves ruled by the depraved. You can see that with all the bullshit still going on in Canada, we're like the last one to drop any kind of anything in this country. Even New Zealand has dropped the traveling, and, and you know, I said this the other day, they need respect. <laughs> Some respect <laughs> for the people that wear the mask. I don't think you have to really get out there and say it because New Zealanders, Australians, Canadians, for the most part, South Africans, the UK, you know, don't care. Americans don't care. You want to wear a mask and put a diaper on your face? Knock yourself out. Who cares? As long as you don't affect me, make me wear the damn thing. That's all anybody really cares about. So anyway, getting back to the Haitian problem. Now, this is the interesting thing about the process of these people coming in. They're just coming in. Now, the last time the Haitians came into America like this was around the 1980s, if I recall correctly late 1980s they had the Haitians come in and what everybody couldn't figure out was these people were all gay and everyone at that time you gotta remember the thinking was a little different not like today today you got a hundred genders that you can call yourself you know I'm gender neutral I'm you know I'm foofy gender gender today I'm sky gender I am you know dumbass gender you know whatever that's the thing today back then people had a more higher moral moral uh, level higher moral value back then men and women st still thought that that was a normal thing to have to engage with each other in a sexual manner but but when they came in it was like holy shit look at all these people that are they're all, with men and women both so you know that the people of Haiti had been experimenting on with endocrine disrupting chemicals so they released that payload there and then these people came here now I have to question in my mind what did now what did Bill Gates release on Haiti and what is now going to spread through America see to me this looks like a Trojan horse it's what it looks like to me could be wrong but I think this is a Trojan horse in the name of humanitarianism we're going to bring in people from islands without checking them out really thoroughly you don't know how many of them have committed murder and wanted for murder on their islands or whatever other criminal element may have been exploited and experimented by the military industrial complex or Bill Gates and his labs and now they may be carrying a time bomb when they come over here you know vaccine contact vaccinosis is a very real reality so we don't know now enough about anything and obviously the President of the United States does not give a rat's backside about Americans. I don't know how, how any state can stay blue. I really don't. I don't, know, I don't get it. 
How can any state stay blue and feel safe and secure? Again, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I really don't. I can't. I mean, it's like us putting our faith in the liberals. That's that's like a real shot in the dark there. And now, and now we have a new and upcoming <laughs> conservative leader that may take over and become the new PM. And everyone's going to think this has got to be better than, it's got to be better, got to be better than Trudeau. Got to be, got to be better. I'm going to read you something I got today from a friend of mine, another uh, truther. As soon as I find it, I'll let, I'll, okay, I'm going to read this to everybody. Just, this, now this is for Canadians, just so we understand that, you know, um, so that you get the, you get the gist of all of this, so that you understand that we are, um, it don't matter who we vote in. It just doesn't matter. Now, the PCR tests and everything's again supposed to be re-engaging. But let me read this. Switch, the name of a company I guess, Switch owns the PCR tests that are mandatory for travel. Air Canada was the first airline to use in order to travel. CEO of AC retired conveniently to head up Switch Health. Trudeau has purchased 140 million tests coming. Now, more on the way. In other words, he's got stock invested in this PCR testing. Imagine that. Eric Canada had $4 billion buyout from Trudeau. Hmm. Sounds a little bit interesting, don't you think? Theresa Tam, Rana Ambrose, leader of the opposition, Andrew Scheer. Well, this is, again, this is an older uh, document. Opposition... Stephen Harper all own substantial stock and pictures of them with Teresa Tam and 31-year-old Switch Dylan uh, Stoy Stoyanov. He's a big tech guy and all intertwined. Trudeau contract with Switch is $100 million so far. PCR were critical measures needed for new variant Pierre Polyver, wife, major shareholder. Imagine that. Pierre Polyver, wife, major shareholder, all in it together. And of course, Brian Mulroney owns Air Canada. Follow the dollar. Only access airports at the beginning of COVID was Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver, all remain hubs for AC. Now, you still think your vote counts in Canada? It doesn't. I'll tell you what counts in Canada. When you begin to understand and realize that we are a fascist government or a corporocracy, when you begin to understand the true nature of our country, we are not a democracy, we've never been a democracy, corporations and, and uh, lobbying groups have always controlled Canada. They controlled America. They controlled the motherland, the UK. They've controlled Australia. They've controlled New Zealand. These corporations have control over us. That makes us a fascist country. When corporations and banks can control the government and dictate policy to the government, you are no longer a democracy. You are a fascist or corporocracy. That's what you really are. 
and the next step after fascism is totalitarianism and that's where they're pushing when you understand that reality then you'll begin to understand that as long as Canada remains under confederation we will be controlled by corporations that's how it rolls they put Canada under an umbrella so they could handle transfer payments and look what happened in Alberta when they required more money to invest in the oil they got rejected and was told that Quebec was the one that would have to decide that for them now what business does Quebec have to do with Alberta's um, autonomy makes no sense total bullshit and you can see from this documentation that they are all in it together. Doesn't matter if it's a conservative party, doesn't matter if it's a liberal party, doesn't matter if it's an NDP. The NDP part is the, the I, I think they'd be the new dumbass parties, you know. The new dumbass party. Because the leader they got's a real dumbass. I mean really a dumbass. <laughs> I couldn't believe what I saw. But anyway, I I I, I stray from the narrative. <laughs> So we can see what's going on in Canada is a dismantling of both countries through corporations. The border being open like that is like having a major artery opened up and then you allow to put in whatever biotechnology inside to completely go in as like a Trojan horse and destroy the person from the inside out. It's horrific, just horrific. Anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see if I can find it real fast before I get to it. Okay, that's that one. Okay, I'm gonna present DeSantis here first, because I got a lot to talk about this tonight, and I got other things I want to talk about too. But this is, I, I find DeSantis had a pretty good take on it. Hold on. Also, uh, was a little bit um, perplexed when I heard that the president is scrambling to get his cabinet together uh, to try to address the fact that you have governors who are helping to relocate illegal aliens to sanctuary cities. Now, he, he didn't scramble to get his cabinet together when we had millions of people illegally pouring across the southern border. He didn't scramble to get his cabinet together when you had 43, 53 migrants die in some trailer in Texas because they were neglected by the federal government. You didn't see him scramble to get his cabinet together when we had Americans that were victimized by criminal aliens that he led across the border. You didn't see him scramble to get his cabinet together when we hit record fentanyl deaths, which that fentanyl is coming across his open border. It's only when you have 50 illegal aliens end up in a very wealthy, rich sanctuary enclave that he decides to scramble on this. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Then I heard a song. Then I heard this song. I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. Yeah, I heard this song, and I thought, first, I didn't, 
I had heard the song before I saw all this other stuff. So anyway, I'm going to play this song so you get an idea what DeSantis was talking about. Hold on one second. And again, I guess this must be down where Martha Vineyards are. I think it's maybe Texas somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where her vineyards are. But anyway, you'll get to Jess. Hold on. Here we go. Yeah. We wrote a song. About Martha's Vineyard invasion. Mm, it's tragic. Hashtag Martha's Vineyard strong. Pound Martha's Vineyard. Bring your hungry. Bring your weary. Bring your sick. And bring your poor. But keep your ass off Martha's Vineyard. Don't, don't come back no more. They say they don't want criminals. Bring your hungry, bring your weary, bring your sick, and bring your poor, but keep your ass off Martha's Vineyard, don't come back no more. They claim to have compassion, then promise streets of gold, when you come a-knocking, signs all say we're closed. Bring your hungry, bring your weary, bring your sick, and bring your poor, but keep your ass off Martha's Vineyard, don't come back no more, keep your ass off Martha's Vineyard, they don't want you seen. Oh yeah, it hits it on the head. You know, I heard Obama bought um, lakefront property out in California, ocean lot property in California. It has several acres. Now, how is it that the liberals, the, uh, the Democrats, which is one of the same party really, one's in Canada, we call them liberal, the other one's in the United States and call them Democrats. But how is it that they have all these wonderful ideas and have no way of paying for them and want everybody else to carry the carry the burden. You ever notice that? They have all these great ideas to bring in socialism or some sort of socialistic perspective, more fascism really, which is going to cost the average citizen in Canada and the United States a lot of money to do this, which we don't have. You notice that we always have money for everybody but Canadians. You ever notice that? We have, and there's probably the same can be said in America. You have, there's all kinds of money for everybody but Americans. Why is that? How can the government say that we have a deficit spending and then turn around and send billions and billions and billions of dollars to the Ukraine? How does that work exactly? And then turn around, jack up our gas prices, uh, hyperinflate the price of a house, uh, raise the price of food, wipe out the food supply chain, bring in this cricket shit. Every time I turn around, a cricket powder. You want to bake a cake? There's some cricket in there. Talked about this the other day. It is not food, not for people. Only animals they can eat that are foul. I mean by foul, I mean 
Bir avian, birds, chickens, ducks, goose, sparrows, they can eat that stuff. They have the digestive system to be able to break that down. We don't. And yet the health food industry, in their infinite wisdom, is now selling poison food as per usual. I've been saying for the longest time that the health food industry is not a healthy industry. It's an industry uh, designed to screw you up. I can give you a list of things that they pro propagated in the health food industry for over decades. And none of it was healthy. Aspartame. Let's go with aspartame. It was one of the first things they brought in other than coloring agents and preservatives, which then they classified as antioxidants, dimethyl earth, silica, uh, bentonite clay, which is basically silica, aluminum with lead. Um, what other shit did they have then? And then the aspartame. And then they had um, saccharin. Saccharin, you'd have to eat a shitload of it before anything negative could happen to you. But aspartame, people don't realize or remember that aspartame initially was used as an ant poison. An ant poison. And when they started feeding to people, people's brains started, they were, losing, they were getting brain damage from using aspartame and spinal damage from using it. Because like the ant, it attacked the central nervous system. That was sold as a health food as, uh, uh, industry as an alternative to sugar. Sugar is safer than aspartame. Some of you are going to say, what, what, what are you talking about? White sugar, processed sugar is far more safer than aspartame. Then they came out with Splenda, sucralose. That came, that came much, 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 much later. Then they brought out soy. It lasted about six months because the stuff tasted like shit. Nobody wanted it. But this was supposed to be the alternative to eating meat. And all the vegans back then, soy, 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 we got to get our soy. Turned out it was highly estrogenic, uh, highly cancerous, is, uh, is a poison plant. A lot of things with soy. And some people say, well, you know, you can take the fight. They, no, you can't. You can't remove the damage that this stuff does, and you have to ferment it for over two years in lime. In lime or calcium. It only gets at best for the market in America two weeks, in Japan two months. The estrogen levels are off the chart. It destroys the thyroid, it destroys the esophagus, the thymus, the intestinal tract, the stomach. There's nothing good about it at all. It's only meant to be used as a form of nitrogen replacement when you grow corn. You, sw you swap it around. But that too was brought into the health food industry. The whole concept of being a vegan or vegetarian. Well, the vegetarian isn't so bad because you do eat animal protein. But the vegans went completely overboard. And everyone I saw that was a vegan in the industry when I was in it, they all looked like shit, all of them. First little while they looked a little good because they were detoxing, but after about the sixth month they all started looking they all started aging exponentially. But they weren't going to eat animals because of you know all the this and that, whatever bullshit reason. But again, this is part of the health food industry. Then they brought canola oil in. Canola Another toxic waste. A, a metal penetrant. That they, that they call the health food. 
the, the list goes on and on and on. And I could tell, be here for an hour telling you all the shit that they brought in. So now they're bringing in crickets into the health food. And you better start paying attention to the labels. Because you're going to wind up eating that shit. And you're going to wind up with either a spinal or stomach cancer from eating that crap. And you're going to have all these people come up. They're all dressed to the nine. Look all new agey. And look all, you know, spiritual and special. And all this, you know. And they're going to look so dapper. And they're going to say, oh, there's nothing wrong with These are good for you. They're good. You know, I eat it all the time. No. It's the whole marketing bullshit. Bodybuilders, beware. Because they're going to sell you on the idea of cricket. It's going to give you a better boner. And you're going to have muscles on your muscles. You're going to be able to flex. And all the women are going to just run around and hang on you. And whatever. And you know, you're going to win Mr. Olympia. And you're going to have prizes. And all this other. It's all going to be bullshit. The muscle magazines of the 60s and 70s was the same. It was all bullshit. They were selling protein powders and vitamins. Which actually got people started on uh, a healthy alternative. But... That's not what got these guys big. They were all juicing, every one of them. They were using the special vitamin that came, comes out of a syringe. <laughs> and now we have the cricket. <laughs> the cricket. Okay. Okay, I'm going to uh, play this segment now. So you can see what I'm talking about with the 10,503. Tell me this is not a dramatization. Hold on. Here we go. We're in Del Rio, Texas. It is September 16th. This is underneath one bridge. 10,503 illegal aliens. A mass of humanity that has crossed and is waiting to come into America. The reason they're here is simple. Eight days ago, the Biden administration made a political decision. A political decision to cancel deportation flights to Haiti. They did that on September 8th. Eight days later, these numbers appeared. On September 8th, underneath this bridge, there were between 700 and 1,000 people. But when the word got out that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were no longer deporting people who came from Haiti, suddenly everyone who was here called their friends, called their family, and the numbers surged to 10,503. That's what's here today. It is more than the capacity of the Border Patrol to handle. This is the result of a political decision. This is a result that is indefensible. What we are seeing here, this is wrong. This is inhumane. And this is entirely Imagine that, eh? Imagine that. Again, this is a Trojan horse. I guarantee it. It'll be a Trojan horse. And again, this is all political bullshit, as per usual, you know. 
them trying to, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the full objective is here, except to be a disruptive influence, maybe piss off Americans, maybe, um, you know, get Americans to react a certain way, and, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but we got a food shortage going coming, according to Mr. Biden. He's also, you know, acknowledged this. So I'm thinking, if I'm the president of the United States of America, which I'm not, don't want the job either, that if I got a food shortage coming in, the last thing I need is more people coming through the border. Because if I ain't got enough food for my own people, how am I going to feed everybody else? Oh, I know how. We'll just forget feeding Americans and just feed all these illegal people coming in. <laughs> you Americans are way too fat anyway. You could afford to lose a couple pounds. We'll give your cricket to those Haitians. <laughs> they can eat your crickets. And, you know, it's the same thing in Canada. Like I said, don't feel like I'm picking on Americans tonight because we got the same shit here. How many people are coming through Canada even as I'm speaking now? They're being brought in through illegal channels, coming in through different venues throughout the country. And we got a food shortage going on here too. It's going to be happening here as well. So how is it that we are going to continue bringing people into Canada when, you know, how are we going to feed Canadians? You have to understand something in Canada. Everything was on a just-in-time system, so that meant we only have a two-day surplus of food in this country. Two days. And that's with all the truck drivers driving up and down the road, going south to the border, picking up the food, and bringing it back to Canada. Two days. That's it. So what happens if... The border, something happens with the border. And we can't get food through the border. What happens to Canadians? Oh, I know. We will smile, be polite, be apathetic as usual, and allow the illegals that are coming in to eat our crickets. I understand that, you know. We're going to allow them to feed on our crickets. <laughs> really going to be nice and polite about it, I know. <laughs> so you get my point. You're trying to take away real food from us, give us this poison waste. Got Bill Gates, I'm sure, is behind that Haiti thing. I'm sure he's injected them with some sort of bioweapon. You know, he said that the next one would be more dangerous. Well, you got him coming in through a border where the, the uh, border patrol can't handle it, according to what he just said. So they're going to let a lot of people in. They're going to let a lot of them through. Best way to check these people coming in is have a meter that can read an EMF or a frequency meter. See how many of them are emitting a transmission. That would be the best way to do it. No point in asking many questions. Where are you going? Where you come from? Did you buy or receive anything? <laughs> That's what they do up here in Canada. Where'd you go, America? 
Did you buy or receive anything? Yes, I bought half of the, half of the state of Michigan. You have anything to declare? I just told you. Have a fine day. Before you go, go into the customs office and pay them one bazillion dollars in taxes. <laughs> Did you bring your arrive can? No, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Can you imagine going out of the country, coming back? Did you bring your arrive can? What the hell's an arrive can? No, I've been out of the country for 10 years. What is an arrive can? This is all I got is my passport. According to my passport, it says you can't even detain me. I'm allowed to come back home to my own country. Now they're talking about getting rid of that. Well, you know, if they get rid of that, something else is worse is going to replace it. They don't remove something without bringing something more frustrating and infuriating to the Canadian public. We got a numbskull running the show. But, in all fairness to Parliament, they have been penetrated by Klaus Schwab. So I understand why they're a little bit off, you know, a little bit, just a tad. I get it. So this is where we are at today in our level of reality, or unreality. <laughs> no, nobody would believe this. <laughs> you know, 30, 40 years ago, nobody would believe this could happen to America or Canada. Nobody would believe it. And I was talking earlier about the health food industry. Well, I got a link in there tonight demonstrating to everybody who really owns the health food industry. Coca-Cola, Nestle, PepsiCo, General Mills, Kellogg's, Mars, Dannon, uh, Mondelez, Cadbury. They own the health food industry. They have either bought out or buried companies that wouldn't sell. So the ingredient list that may be in the so-called orgasmically organic may be worded in such a way where you feel comfortable in eating the stuff they're telling you is safe. There used to be cereals in the health food industry and so they would say it was sugar-free. And I thought, okay, so this is just a plain cereal. Then you turn around on the side. Then you see it has apple juice extract, grape juice extract, carrot juice extract, meaning that these are dehydrated juices that now they're using those sugars in the kids' cereal. When it comes to glucose and fructose, the body does not recognize any source other than glucose or fructose. When you're eating honey, it is glucose and fructose. If you split sugar, if you're simmering sugar and you add citric acid to the sugar, it will break down into a semi-solid uh, base. It'll look like honey, actually. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference. If you, had to, if you added a honey flavor to that sugar, you would not know the difference. And it splits it down to glucose and fructose. See, sucrose, you can't handle. Glucose and fructose, you can. So, when you're seeing some of the things and how they're laboring, uh, labeling them, you may not see cricket, but you may see something called uh, achet. Something like that, like that nature. Achet is basically a cricket. It's a Latin word for cricket. 
Have you had your cricket today? Don't worry. An immigrant is going to come through the border illegally. You can be a very polite North American and give him or her your cricket. Because <laughs> what's going to happen, these people are going to come over here. They're going to buy all this shit not knowing what they're eating. They're going to think they're going to be buying bread or they're going to be buying something from their country and it's going to be loaded with this cricket powder and within a very short period of time they're going to wind up with some kind of cancer and they're going to die off. Now Canadians who don't pay attention and don't read and don't want to look at anything same thing is going to happen to them. They're going to go to the grocery store with the assumption and presumption that they're buying something that is organic. Orgasmically organic because they won't read the label. We've seen hot dogs with crickets inside. We've seen little tortilla chips made with cricket powder. We've seen cookies made with cricket powder. We've seen chocolate protein bars. Protein bars! It's amazing, totally amazing, what we are seeing being marketed today as healthy. So you're going to see popular small health food companies we trusted that sold out. You're going to see that. You're going to realize a lot of things. Because I get people all the time contacting me and they believe some bullshit about the health food industry. They're like 20 years behind. And they're really gun-ho. Yeah, I'm eating, I'm, eating, I'm eating clean. I'm eating organic. I'm eating this. I'm eating that. And I'm, I'm just chomping on this. And, you know, and they don't realize that what they're eating is toxic. Having a clue. Having a clue, you know. And it's sad because it's the way it is. All right, where are we at here? And new controlled food system is now in place. They will stop at nothing to accelerate the control. The WF, the WHO is now taking full control over the food supply. And what they are going to determine for you as a diet is what you're going to be able to access and eat. Unless you're in some remote area... Some off-grid area where you have your own aquaponic and your poultry-type farm where you can grow eggs and chickens and ducks and fish and whatever as your meat source because you're not going to be able to hold, own a cow because they pick up that the cow farts and it registers in the atmosphere. Oh, we got, we got a cow fart up in the air here. <laughs> oh, that's got to be a cow somewhere. we got to go kill it. <laughs> There's a cow somewhere. <laughs> Wait, I see the nitrogen. Gotta go get it. Because, like I said, as long and these agendas have been going on for 70 years, and now they're, they're in fruition, and they're putting them in play. If you do not kiss their ass, you're going to starve. If you do not take the jabs, you're going to starve. If you take the jabs, you're going to die. Wow, what an option. Option A. Don't kiss their ass, you're going to die. Option B, if I don't comply, I'm going to die. Option C, if I take the injections, I'm still going to die. Wow, what a choice. A, you're going to die. B, you're going to die. C, you're going to die. Wow, isn't that wonderful? <laughs> That's how you got to look at this. Quit looking through the eyes of a kaleidoscope. 
Quit looking through the eyes of Walt Disney. When you read these articles, they're not here to benefit you. They've never been about benefiting you. It's been about stealing your life and adding it to theirs. That's what this has been all about. Why is children pedophilia so, so rampant? Why is people trafficking, because it's not human trafficking, people trafficking not even, not even being stopped? These are forms of slavery and ownership. And in the end, the slaves die anyway. They die a very horrific death. So when we're seeing this reality going on in our lifetime, seeing all this happening in our lifetime, doesn't it make you ponder at all on any level that option A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I are all the same option? You're going to die. Some of you might say, well, this is sort of a morbid show. No, it's not a morbid show. It's a reality check. You think you're going to live, even if you live up to 100 years, you're still going to die. And you're going to die how? You're going to die the way they want you to die, or you're going to die the way you're meant to die? It's an interesting perspective to think about sometimes. Anyway, I want to play something. Now, it is going to be on the religious side. I shouldn't say religious, uh, biblical. It's going to be on the biblical side. Now, some of you may not like it, and I get it. You know, I understand. But I was so fascinated by what I was hearing that I thought I would play it to give everybody an option to hear another side to how tampering with one word, one word, can affect and impact the interpretation of a scriptural um, line. And I thought this is really important because a lot of people don't realize that we are dealing in that kind of um, environment today where, okay, we've got all these translations running around. And when you go to the King James or to the Geneva version, which are the older versions, what they're saying and what the newer versions are saying don't mean the same thing. So anyway, I want to play this uh, a little bit. Uh, again, I'm not going to play it long. But I want everybody to have this grasp because some of the things you're, be, you're learning in a church or, or a synagogue or even a mosque may not be correct. He curses those countries that curse Israel. I believe President Trump and the United States are not only on the right side of history in this decision, they're on the right side of God. And here it is, the Balfour Declaration. What do you feel when you, when you see it here? I genuinely feel it's one of the most extraordinary moments in the history of the Jewish people. If you think it took 3,000 years uh, to get to this, and then you say, how did this miracle happen? It's the most incredible piece of opportunism. I mean, if you think you had an impoverished uh, would-be scientist, Hein Weizmann, who somehow gets to England, meets a few people, including members of my family, seduces them, he has such great charm and conviction. He gets to Balfour, 
and he unbelievably persuades Balfour and Lloyd George, the Prime Minister, and most of the ministers, that this idea of um, the national home for um, Jews should be allowed to take place. I mean, it's so, so unlikely. You come back to the big point, which is that this is perhaps the greatest event in Jewish life for thousands of years. And it's a miracle that it took place. Hey, let me pause this for a second. You need to watch this video too because it does put stuff in there. Now you heard about all this stuff about Israel and how they came to be and whatever, but there was a lot other things that were going on as well. And this guy is just candy coating the whole thing as some as some sort of a plethora or some kind of whatever. But when you actually see some of the stuff, you begin to realize some things are not what they are presenting. But anyway. We're going to continue playing this. I want you to pay close attention to the speaker that's speaking because he's going to be, it's going to be an interesting uh, take. And like I said, some of you may not care for this, but I think it's well worth your while to understand how one word in a scriptural reference or in any reference really can change the entire interpretation of a line. Hold on a second. exploding the Israel deception and in that book Tom and I have gone very deep in reading understanding explaining and discussing and today we have the 100th reading of this book and I'm very much looking forward to go into it because we are still in the wonderful and so of utmost importance part of 2nd Thessalonians and there at chapter 2 verse 7. I know we started verse 7 last week that's correct and I'm gonna read from the beginning because we only did about a paragraph in the reading and I'm gonna repeat something of that but first of all I wanna welcome very warmly my brother Tom Christ to the uh, Tom Christ <laughs> Tom Frest <laughs> to the broadcast my brother in Christ Tom Frest to the broadcast um, I'm sorry it's already past 10:30 in the night and I'm a little bit tired so please excuse me for these uh, random mistakes in my speech um, anyway I'm very glad that I can welcome Tom Frest back to the broadcast and that we will go uh, into the next session of this wonderful understanding of this book from Steve Wahlberg, who, by the way, many people say, oh yeah, he's a Seventh-day Adventist, what are you going to do with a Seventh-day Adventist book? Oh yeah, did you know Steve Wahlberg is a Jew? Did you know that we, according to Romans 11, 11, are to provoke the Jews to jealousy? And he is one who found Jesus Christ, now you can say anything about the Seventh-day Adventists, whatever you want, but he found Jesus Christ. I think in that in that regard he is very legit, and he is teaching other Jews and other people about the truth that is there. That's why he wrote this book, Exploding the Israel Deception. Now, I've said enough, I'm warm, and now it's Tom to the <laughs> mic. Hello, brother. Welcome. <laughs> My pleasure to be here, Yerk. Well, look, we pick on the Seventh-day Adventists, we pick on Steve Wolberg for being a Seventh-day Adventist. Many would pick on Steve Wolberg for being a Jew, for crying out loud. But I'll top you all, I was a Baptist, a Charles Schofield reference Bible Baptist. 
I was a futurist to the marrow of my bones, and if I live to be a thousand years old, I'll never live it down. So which would you rather be, a futurist, Chuck, uh, Charles Schofield reference Bible Baptist, or a Seventh-day Adventist, or a Jew? I think I'll take the truth, no matter from where it comes. And Steve Wolberg in this book, despite the fact that he's a Jew, despite the fact that he's a Seventh-day Adventist, just blesses my heart with most of what he writes in his book. And look, uh, I have had to relearn a lot of things. And in order to relearn a lot of things, I had to forget a lot of error. If I could do it, Steve Wolberg could do it. Yerk's done it, and is still doing it. And... Uh, so there you go. Only Christ was perfect. And uh, if we are diligent, if we truly love the Lord, we'll be diligent. And the Holy Spirit will guide and direct us into all truth. That applies equally to me, to York, to, to Steve Wahlberg, and anybody that's listening to this broadcast. Our God is merciful. We made that point perfectly clear last time we got together. He is merciful. And he sent his son, his only begotten son, to redeem us from our fallen state. And he also was merciful when he sent the apostle and the prophet Paul to tell us in unmistakable terms who precisely is, was, and always will be the Antichrist of Scripture, history, and prophecy. He said, he who now letteth that is, he who now restraineth will restrain until he is taken out of the way, and then that man of sin will be revealed. The son of perdition, the one who deceives the whole world, the one who thinks to change God's times and his laws, the great blasphemer. It's the Pope of Rome. It can be no one else, and that's the mercy of God that Paul gave us terms, in specific, the word now, positively identifies the one who was restraining the rise of the Antichrist, even as Paul was speaking. He who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, and then that wicked shall be revealed. So in that lesson alone, forgetting never to take out the word now, because that is the critical word that positively identifies about whom Paul was speaking at that moment. Somebody at that moment was preventing the rise of the papal antichrist, and before the papacy, the man of sin, the son of perdition, could stand up and take his prophetic role in the world, the Caesars had to be taken out of the way. You can't get it wrong unless you take out the word now. If you remove the word now from the text, you have perfectly destroyed that text. You can no longer even guess about whom the Antichrist is. You can't even guess who Paul is speaking about that particular moment. And you are left blind, deaf, and dumb to that whole prophecy about who the Antichrist is. Now, I'm telling you, 
you can go anywhere in this world you can ask anyone who professes himself to be a Christian you can talk to millions of people and you nary find even one who knows who the Antichrist is that's because their Bible removes the word now that's because their preachers and pastors and priesters have explained away the word now and put the now onto the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit must first be taken out of the way before the man of sin revealed and then that is where we get the rapture because we the, the saints are the vessel the containers the temple of the Holy Spirit so that means we must be taken out of the way all the saints must be taken out of the way that is Christ must first come secretly and remove us from off the pace of the earth before the Antichrist is revealed isn't that what you've been taught all your life in the churches that's what I was taught all my life in the churches that's what 99.999% of Christians all over the globe have been taught in their churches for at least two generations if not three just a second Tom it's a wonderful explanation that you give but because you said in other Bibles the word is taken out let's go to Bible Hub which is a very often used comparison of different Bible versions in a certain text this is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7 we first will start with the King James for the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way now let's start with the New International Version on the top New International Version says for the secret power of lawlessness is already at work but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way so they have the word, word now in it New Living Translation for this lawlessness is already at work secretly and it will remain secret until the one who is holding it back steps out of the way here you have no now ESV for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains will do so until he is out of the way Berean Standard Bible for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work but the one who now restrains it will continue until he is taken out of the way Berean Literal Bible for the mystery of lawlessness is working already there is only the one at present restraining it, is restraining it until he might be gone out of the midst <laughs> that's, a, that's a funny translation you see what happens when you change God's word well Tom the point I wanted to make we, we can go on and on and on um, I think it is maybe interesting to see the Douay Rhymes Bible because that's the Jesuit Bible that appeared two years before the 1611 King James Bible and there it says for the mystery of iniquity already worketh only that he who now holdeth do hold until he be taken out of the way so at least I have the word now in it um, Tom the point that I wanted to make and uh, you know everybody can look that up for themselves and we don't want to go an hour or so in uh, comparing these different Bible verses but 
In another part of the Bible, God says that you are not allowed to change one tittle or one word of his word, right? That's right. Don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. Not one jot or one no, tittle. Or one tittle. Now, the point is, and that was the title of our last broadcast, the importance of two little words, right? Yep. The word he in Daniel 9 and the word now in Second Thessalonians 2. And there can probably be more examples. So the point is, if you do not adhere to the word of God and do not let the word unchanged, but you take away even a little word, a two-letter or three-letter word, you change the context of the whole message. You corrupt the whole work. Because God's Bible, God's word, I mean, Bible means, Bib means book and L-E-L means God. It's God's book. That's what the Bible is. When you corrupt the book of God, the word of God, then you corrupt God. (laughs) And if you want to know what happens to you when you corrupt God, just read Romans chapter 1. Tom will tell you all about it. Tom will tell you all about it. Go, Tom. (laughs) Unleash the beast. Come on. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, I'll tell you. It's... uh... But look, here's the point that we haven't even discussed. As you've read, many of those translations, at least the ones that you mentioned, do include the word now. But how is it preached from behind the pulpits of the churches? What pastor, priester, or phony wolf in sheep's clothing, the hireling, as the Bible calls them, which pastor or priester in this world preaches from behind the pulpit that what this is telling us is that the Caesars of the Roman Empire must be taken out of the way. They don't even link it to Daniel's further prophecies about the four beasts who will rule and reign over this world until Christ returns. They don't link it to Rome at all. They don't tell you who Paul is specifically speaking of. He's specifically speaking of a person the person of the Roman emperors and every emperor in succession from the first to the last. What Paul is telling us is that this Roman emperor is going to be taken out of the way. The government of Rome, the very government that slew our Messiah on the cross, is going to be taken out of the way. It's going to be destroyed and it's going to be replaced by another government Satan's man the man of sin the son of perdition the beast the antichrist the little horn the Judas priest the one who replaces Christ as if he needed to be replaced and he's going to change God's laws He's going to persecute the saints more than any Caesar of the Roman Empire ever did. And he's going to be believed to be a Christian. He's going to be believed as the vicar or the replacement of Christ on earth. Remember, Hymenaeus and Philetus said Christ had already returned in the spirit. So he's invisible. You can't see him. You can't hear him. You can't talk to him. So there must be a visible head. There must be a visible representation of this Christ that returned in the spirit that nobody can see, nobody can hear, nobody can talk to. 
And that's the papacy. That's the very genesis of the papacy. Hymenaeus and Philetus. And he's visible. He's on every channel. He's in every office of political government in the world. He's in the UN. He's everywhere. He rules and reigns over the kings of the earth, just like the Bible says. You can type the name of any political leader in this world, of high-ranking political leader, presidents, kings, queens, potentates, and the name of any pope or just the word pope. You can do the search engine thing with any political leader in the world, the name of any political leader in the world, and the word pope, and they'll come up pages and pages and pages of images, pictures, photographs, and, and, and videos of the political leaders of the world going to the Vatican as though it were their duty to do so and standing before the Pope and kissing his ring and taking private instruction from the Pope. And the Bible plainly tells us about that city that he rules and reigns in the Vatican City which reigneth over the kings of the earth. There it is. You're showing you presidents of the United States, queens and princes of, the, of, of, of England, Africa, South and Central America, Mexico, Canada. You, you, even Gorbachev of the Soviet Union had a personal private meeting with the Pope. No one is excluded. The papacy is king of kings. And here are the photographs that prove it. He is also priest of priests. Okay? King of kings and lord of lords. You're looking at the man of sin right here. In any of these images, you're looking at the man of sin of his day. Right now, it's, it's Jorge Bergoglio. Antichrist Jorge Bergoglio. But the office of the Antichrist has ruled and reigned over the kings of the earth and persecuted the saints of the Most High, changed God's times and his laws, fulfilled every, every, every prophecy in the Bible regarding the man of sin, the son of perdition, the beast, the Antichrist. We serve a merciful God who would not leave the least of us ignorant about who the Antichrist is. He has taken such great pains and such great care to make sure that none of us are deceived, that if anybody's deceived, he's literally offending the Creator. If you're deceived, you're not paying attention. You're not giving the subject the least that it's due. You need to listen. You need to study. You need to ask your pastor, why aren't you telling us these things? Look, I show you the picture of all the kings of the earth taking their instruction from this man of sin in Rome, and you wouldn't touch it with a ten-foot pole. Isn't my soul, my spirit worth anything to you? That Jesus would come and bleed and die to redeem us, that God would send his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Be separated from their sin as far as the east is from the west. And then you leave me ignorant about this man of sin that there's so much written in history about? 
there's so much written in current events about. You've left me completely ignorant of this man of sin who would deceive the whole world. And I am deceived because I can't tell you. I was asked the other day who the Antichrist is, and I can't tell him. Listen, listen. We've got to come to reality here. We've got to accept the truth no matter how bitter it is. Our pastors are worthless to us. Our pastors are ushering in our condemnation. And I'll tell you the worst crime that they're committing right now. Listen carefully. Remember we talked about Jesus in the prophecy of Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, where it says, And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So that's a seven-year period of time. And in the midst of the week, that is after three and a half years, he will cause the sacrifices and oblations to cease. Now, you've been taught in all your churches that that he, and this is one of the words that 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 your host, uh, your glissman, had told you, two words that they changed in the Bible that make all the difference. The first one is the word now in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 7, and this one in Daniel's prophecy, the word he. They've told you that it's not Messiah the Prince, as Daniel did in his prophecy. No, they say the he spoken of is the Antichrist of the future that hasn't reared his ugly head in the world yet. The future Antichrist. And when they teach you that, they've exonerated the whole history of the man of sin, the son of perdition, of, throughout the entire Christian era. They have blinded you when they tell you that that he spoken of in Daniel's prophecy is a future Antichrist. Do you see the, the lethal poison that that lie in, entails? I want you to see this. I want you to acknowledge that what you are being taught from the pastors of the churches are lethal lies. They are damnable heresies. And what I mean by damnable is that they can cause your damnation. They can cause your damnation if you believe it. Now, what do you do to somebody who is causing you eternal damnation? Do you keep going to his church and occupying a seat in his pews? Do you keep paying him big money and tithes? Do you keep lauding his talents as an orator and a speaker and a Bible theologian? Do you keep praising that monster? The he spoken of in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 27, is none other than Messiah the Prince. The one prophesied to come. That whole prophecy has absolutely not one instance of, 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 of reckoning the papacy or the Antichrist. There's no mention anywhere in that entire prophecy about any Antichrist, past, present, or future. It's all about Messiah the Prince. And your pastor's never going to tell you that. Absolutely never going to tell you that. And so, because you believe a lie, a futurist lie, that the he spoken of there is the future Antichrist, he has, your pastor has, without even mentioning his name, exonerated the whole entire diabolical history of the man of sin in Rome. 
You can't continue to believe that the Pope is the Antichrist if you believe that the Antichrist spoken of in Scripture is somebody that hasn't even been born yet and won't come into the world until just seven years or three and a half years before Christ returns. You have been blinded, you've been duped, you've been damned by what you've been taught. Now this man of sin, this son of perdition, this Antichrist, this papacy, now demands, since he's been exonerated by the teaching of the Protestant churches all throughout the world, he's been exonerated, everybody believes in a future Antichrist, you can't believe in the papacy is the Antichrist, you can't have it both ways. So now the papacy has elevated himself to the head of the Christian world. The Protestants all have egg on their face. They're not to be believed. They're not to be respected. And the Pope is ordering all the churches, all the pastors behind the pulpits of all the churches, to convert the communion table, that memorial that Protestants have always celebrated, remembering the death, burial, and resurrection of our Messiah, that table and that those elements, the bread and the water, are going to be con- uh, the bread and the wine, are going to be converted from a, a memorial to a literal sacrifice. Now, don't forget, I began this discussion by telling you what it says in Daniel's prophecy, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifices and oblations to cease. So under the new covenant, there are no sacrifices or oblations. He caused them to cease forever. No more sacrifices. Once the only sacrifice that can take away sin has been offered by God himself, who in his right mind would dare offer another sacrifice? I ask you. Now that's what you should be taught from the pulpits of your churches. Okay, I'm not going to belabor that anymore. But you get the you get the gist. How it's really important that again, I always tell you to read the new the, the New Testament because we're under a new covenant. He's going to Daniel and other these other places. But for those of you who've never read the Bible, start in the New Testament because in of itself, that's how easy something as simple as a word change can alter a meaning or the intent of a meaning that's supposed to be there is gone. So anyway, I just wanted to present that to you because this also applies to other things as well. So be on your guard. Read, read carefully. All right, I think pretty near the end here. I'm pretty sure. Let me see where we're at. Oh, yeah, I'm past the end. All right. When I wind it down, I always say at the end of these shows, you know, uh, read the Gospels, as I was just mentioning before. Read what Jesus had to say. Excuse me, read the book of Revelations. Read the playbook, because that's what they're going by. And again, read the Gospel, read the letters, see how the church evolved. Learn what you can, understand what you can, do the best you can. I also say at the top of the page, we got people there that are trying to help people come to some solutions with their healing and their health. So I encourage you to support them any way you can financially. If you can't because you were taken out of the equation by the agenda and the agendas that were trying to destroy the globe, start over, get back on your feet when you can, do what you can as far as helping. But till then, 
share the message share the share the shows share 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 all right <coughs> until the next segment remember uh we're still here by the grace of god so to the next segment to your health take care <laughs>